program is about bringing up controversial subjects and a series of quests for strange horrors. It feels good. Guidance is internal. We live on a placid island of ignorance in the midst of black seas of infinity. Do not think there are things in this universe which you cannot understand and which are true. Welcome to Far Off Topic, Episode 6. We explore some of my favorite things in this episode, like conspiracies, serial killers, and mad science. Uh, or more like the madness of science. Yeah, so, so you're in for a treat. Uh, so let's call that the good news. The bad news is that I screwed up the recording settings on my computer, and, well, uh, let's just say the, uh, the audio, it really suffered. It's disappointing. But maybe you won't find it that distracting. As for the show, we have a guest host for the whole hour. In the first half, we dissect some quirky presidential conspiracy theories, as well as dig into the strange case of the smiley face killers. Mm. Uh, The second half of the show is dedicated to the death of science. Or put another way, the reproducibility crisis. Uh, My guest host who has a background in clinical research, offers up some rationales for why science may not be in its last days. Uh, It's a weak argument, in my opinion, but uh, you can judge for yourself. With that, prepare to hear a sudden contrast in audio quality because... I'm Fiasco Jones, and with me, because uh, Jax is working, is a new voice, Tiwi. Uh, Hello. Hello, Tiwi. Hi. How art thou? How is life? Uh, life is good. I am enjoying the beautiful weather of where I live. That is not very convincing. <laughs> uh, at least Jax can like put a little spin on it. Uh, that just—I'll give it to you for a new show uh, jitters that you, you should weren't really prepared to to lie on air um, so deftly as Jax. But you know that, that I need was to work pretty- on it. That was terrible. <laughs> uh, I should say, though, apologies. Uh, you should. Um, that you originally were scheduled to be our second half uh, kind of a analyst or, 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 I guess, expert. And woman on the street. <laughs> woman on the street. We literally just we yeah. put out a call to all the people that listen to the show. And strangely, you're the only one that actually responded because apparently you're the only one that downloads the show. So thank you. Mm, you're welcome. You're welcome. Yeah. Just- um. Well, yeah, and then J- Jax had a late, a, literally a late minute uh, work assignment. Uh, Try to probably, I'm sure, save someone from death row. And uh, I decided, you know what? I'm bringing Tiwi up to the major leagues. You're you're getting you're getting that primetime spot. <laughs> you're getting that first half action. So My uniform is still fresh and crisp. Did someone send you a uniform? I told them not to. But either way, oh. <laughs> I, I told them not to pr- pull the trigger on that one yet. But it, whatever. Yes, I hope you like the uniform. I do like it. Yeah. Thank you. So hopefully you've acquainted yourself with the rundown and you know what we're going to talk about. Because otherwise this is going to be a bumpy fucking ride. <laughs> It'll be that anyways. <laughs> Irregardless. <laughs> <laughs> right. I take a little chick- swill of the gin. Mm, Just loosen up the neck, water. and here we go. You know, speaking of loosening up, loosening up the neck, I actually bought Dr. Ho's back brace, <laughs> which you may have seen on television. And I gotta say, it's really helping my lumbar situation. That was a, a really terrible, <laughs> terrible intro to the next segment. 
because we're going to talk about Dr. Ho. No, we're not. We're not. I don't, you apparently didn't read the rundown. I don't even know who Dr. Ho is. So, thank you. You're thank welcome. You, thank you for that one. Uh, and let's jump into some stories from Near and Far. <laughs> It's only apt that we talk about, because things have been bubbling up in the political sphere, and I think this is a great segment, uh, maybe not a segment, but whatever, uh, Revenge of Presidential Conspiracy Theories. Uh, Trump has been fond of peddling some bewildering conspiracy theories uh, when he was just your average bankrupt businessman. Now that he's the president, it's only fair that we cover some of the funnier conspiracies, namely the Gerther Movement and the Illiterati Conspiracy. Let's talk about the Gerther movement. Uh, so this one actually, it's a little older. It's a little older. Uh, so a little more than a year ago, around January 16th, the Gerther movement was born. This conspiracy was launched after people began to realize that Trump might just be lying about his height and weight to conceal the fact that he's an obese piece of shit. Uh, according to the medical report that was released uh, by the White House, Trump said he stands at 75 inches, otherwise known as uh, 6 feet 3 inches, and weighs 239 pounds. So that's important because if he was an inch shorter and uh, a pound heavier, he would be considered obese. So the conspiracy is that if uh, Trump were just an inch shorter and a pound heavier, he's considered obese. And everyone knows that Trump's fairly egomaniacal, and that just might be something he wants to conceal from the public. I think it was Chris Hayes from MSNBC was the first one that actually coined the term Gerther, and he got a lot of people interested in figuring out this. Is Trump really lying? Or did Trump, uh, is, he tr- is he truthful? And we just, we just assume he's a fat piece of shit. Uh, but there's the evidence. There's the evidence. Uh, we're going to go through that little piecemeal here. The, the first one is the driver's license. So uh, Trump's driver's license listed himself as six foot two inches, so obviously, so we already know that that's the first point of contention. May I interject? Definitely. We all know that men lie about their height on their driver's license, usually in the positive. <laughs> so you think you might actually even be shorter? <laughs> I would say that this is substantial evidence. <laughs> yes. Uh, well, there we go. I love this. We're adding on to the Gerther movement. <laughs> so yes, yeah, instead of 6'3", six, 6'2", six, and maybe shorter. Mm-hmm, um mm-hmm. Then there were the comparisons. Uh, a bunch of Twitter users started basically comparing other people who were of known height, the same height and the same weight, and saying, okay, well, let's let's look at these two. And there was a grave disparity between the two. Grant, and I'll give it, I'll give this one a little bit of a, I don't know, uh, a, a, a curve on my judgment okay. because because uh, they were the you know muscles. Uh, carries different than fat, and so someone who might be muscular and uh, to what two thirty two pounds to two hundred thirty nine pounds uh, would would look you know much more svelte, much more cut. But uh, mm, yeah. yeah, I think that all all evidence and our own eyes would suggest that he is in fact a fat piece of shit. Um, I think that. You know, who am I going to believe, this doctor or my lion eyes? I, I mean, clearly, every angle of him is rotund. I, I mean, 
Isn't and he, that... he doesn't make any, <laughs> he doesn't hide the fact that he eats fast food. I mean, he just literally had. Catered the, it, yeah. Yeah, he catered uh, <laughs> the, the, I don't know, the football champions of football. Uh, he catered their their entire uh, with McDonald's. With McDonald's and Burger King and God knows what. Um, so the man, he knows his, his, he knows his fast food. I think it's safe to say on this movement that it is correct. It is truth. Oh, so you're, um, you're willing that, to just go just right now. Oh yeah. I would say that anything movement. that anything suggesting otherwise <laughs> is fake news. <laughs> I agree. I think it's, it's a hundred percent fact. It's yeah. Considering the things he's willing to lie about that are much more consequential why the fuck oh, not yeah. to lie about your of weight? Of course, he's definitely going to lie about his weight and anything that's a physical attribute about himself. And it's always going to be like, I'm the greatest. I'm the most fit. I'm the most attractive man in the world. People try to look like me. Uh, the next conspiracy, the Trump illiterati conspiracy. So this one kind of jumped out of nowhere, but I, I think it's been talked about. Uh, I don't think there's like a full conspiracy behind it, even though people have... Uh, pointed this out that Trump may not be able to read, but if he can, <laughs> he's just borderline illiterate. Uh, mm-hmm, that mm-hmm. he can kind of piece things together, but for the most part, the guy long ago stopped reading, and that part of his brain just atrophied, and he just doesn't really <laughs> doesn't really know what's going on. Because uh, I definitely think that he knew how to read, and then just. Stop doing it. Yeah, I think there was a time when he knew how to read, and that time was like 40-something years ago, but um, he clearly does not know how to read, and let's actually, no, no, let's take it down a notch. He probably does know how to read, he just hasn't done it for so many decades that at this point, it's like, if you don't use it, you lose it, so right. yeah, he's he's just like poorly like kind of like it's there like it's you know if he was gonna die and he had to read the word tree he could probably read the word tree (laughs) but if like you know he had velociraptor or something in front of him and they were like read the word he'd probably die i don't i don't think he would live see i think it differently i think it more like he can read a word individually but it's the comprehension of sentences and ideas and abstractions that he just it doesn't. It's like a little bit more than just reading. It's like no, a comprehension. Yeah. And I putting it together, right? Yeah. Like what Phrases. is the inherent meaning behind this entire paragraph? Like explain it to me. He would just read it, probably get bored in the middle, um, and then finish off a few couple sentences, and they're like, I don't fucking know. What are we gonna bomb Iran? I don't. I don't know. On some level, I will say that like nine year old B can kind of relate to that because I remember one time reading a thing, a poster on the wall that said something about like, please record blah, 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 blah. And it was actually like record. And so I was just mortified that I thought it was like a verb and it was actually the noun. And people were like, record, record. Oh my God. So I feel like Trump does that frequently when he reads his speech teleprompters he'll say the he says it in like a choppy kind of like i'm reading individual words kind of way like you're you're mentioning but not like a it's not like a cohesive sentence what what you'll see often is that someone you can tell that someone had given like a bullet point and then he just trails off into some weird diatribe 
and then maybe comes back. Like you can almost see him like just kind of like linguistically swimming toward a shore <laughs> that he can't see. And he's just he's just throwing out like you know like help me, and that just comes out as the wall. Um, he's just too lazy to yeah. Read he doesn't up care. I mean, let's be honest. Like, I don't think Trump has ideas. I really don't think Trump has ideas. I don't think Trump has like concepts. I don't think that he strategizes anything. You I can think have an just... idea without strategizing. I think he has lots of ideas. I think they're just dumb ideas. Well, I guess. I mean, like, they're kind of like the ideas you just come up with just, like, on the fly. They have zero background. and Yeah. <laughs> he has a lot of dumb ideas. <laughs> he definitely has a lot of dumb ideas. He doesn't understand anything. He just is like, I come up with an idea and that is how it is. Like, if you were to ask him, like, why is the sky blue? He would just say it's reflecting the water. He's. Do you think he would say that? Just... Or do you just think it's... It, God, I, that's actually... Uh, that would be a fun, <laughs> fun thing to find out why Trump thinks the sky is blue. I would. I, would... I mean, <laughs> I just think that he's the kind of guy who will always answer the question, regardless of if he knows the answer. But that's why I think it's so fun. Is like ask him. Oh, he is. Yeah. Uh, what causes the tides, Trump? And he'll say probably uh, whales. The the movement of whales through the sea. Um, that's actually that'd be fun. I would love to see to ask that become questions. a thing. Ask mm-hmm. Trump anything. <laughs> that would, I, I know, like an ask me anything on Reddit with Donald Trump. Yeah, and just keep it like basic. Don't ask him like, why did you shut down the government? Why do we need a wall? Ask him just basic shit. Like, where does the sun in this, where do you think the sun is? And be like, What's Whoa. your take on vaccinations? That's too complex. No, 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 no. That's too complex because you need to say something. I just want to know basic shit. Like, what makes grass grow? Or, <laughs> you know, like... What's your uh, feelings on photosynthesis? <laughs> that's still too complex! Like, where oh do you think God. your heart is inside your body, you know? Uh, <laughs> point to where your brain is. Uh, you know what? I think, though, you know, let's ignore the fact that he's a stable genius. But I think he could answer where his heart is. No! I don't think so. I think he's going to point to the left side of his fucking chest. Um, and, and he's like, it's right here. I've seen it in tons of co- cartoons, you stupid idiot. It's of the hearts are right here behind your left tit. It's that's where it is. It's like, shut up. You, s- where's your liver? <laughs> what happens when you eat food? Um, <laughs> he doesn't know those things, oh, he but he has an answer. Things. That's the thing. He, he has will an definitely an- have an answer. Yeah. And I want to sure. know that answer. Like the elves in your stomach. They start, they start hammering at the food with their little pickaxes. I think that if he actually did really write a book, like he wrote it, it would be a bestseller just because it would be filled with the most idiotic things ever. It would be like that song by Insane Clown Posse about miracles. It would just be <laughs> hilarious. People would love it. It would just blow up. I honestly, so, I would buy that book. <laughs> I know, and I also don't think he would realize that people were mocking him. <laughs> it would have to be like Trump's take on life, you know? Like, yeah. Trump explains the universe. Well, that, that's too big. Again, just Trump explains yeah, no. his walk from his house to work and back again. Just like, what do you see? What do you think? What are those ideas that come through your head? Um, you know, where do shoes come from? I don't know. They've just always been here. I just, the shoes. Uh, <laughs> I, I, don't they just come off a tree? Where's rubber come from? Yeah. Yeah. Just, I mean, it'd be amazing to hear the answers. 
Um, it would be like an art form, you know. It's like a, kind of like a weird art form where you like like give an, an insane person a a, a, a a paintbrush and say, "Paint your mind, man. Give me paint your mind. <laughs> paint the vistas that, that you see from your mind's eye, and you get this fucking crazy phantasmagoria of whatever." And you're like, God damn, that's amazing. I did something different here. All right, we still got a lot of show to go through. So let's talk about our next one. I think it's a juicy topic, the Smiley Face Killers. So on March 6, 2017, 40 days after Dakota James disappeared, a woman walking her dog saw his body floating in the Ohio River about 10 miles away from where he was last seen in downtown Pittsburgh. Uh, his death was ruled an accidental drowning by the Allegheny County Medical Examiner's Office, but a team of retired detectives and a gang expert believe he's a, one of about a hundred victims of the quote-unquote smiley face killers. An alleged organized gang of serial killers that communicates on the dark web with cells in dozens of cities across America. It's a, a very interesting idea. It's a uh, I like this idea that there's, there could be a cabal of, I don't know, just serial killers running through town, drowning people. I wonder, so for me, the one biggest factor that would lend credibility to this, and I don't know if there, maybe there is some information about this, but does anyone have like the statistics on just drown male drowning deaths prior to when they believe this began because i mean you would want to see like a spike in the the like number because otherwise then it's just like oh okay a bunch of people drown how do you do that let's do let's do that live (laughs) okay okay so drowning data world's largest swimming lesson oh okay uh it's mostly children so it is mostly children so i mean i guess that sounds that's that's lending credence to yeah so then it turns out that yeah a bunch of these guys just dying from drowning might be unusual. I guess we'll break down what the smiley face murders are. So uh, they first burst on the scene in 2008 when uh, Kevin Gannon, a retired New York City police sergeant, uh, former NYPD officer Anthony Duarte, and Professor Lee Gilbertson uh, held a news conference basically saying that they had discovered that 40 cases across 29 cities in nine states may be connected to a an alleged serial killer gang. You mentioned the big picture several times. If you could, in a nutshell, both of you, uh, tell us what is the big picture? What are you, what are you saying here is, uh, is happening? This is an uh, apparent organization that started in, there we go, one location, and it, it expanded across the United States, establishing new cells in cities as it went along its way. Um, so th- the big picture is uh, this is a nationwide organization, organization that's killing, killing that revels in killing young men. It's just that simple. Killer hive, actually, because the way they describe it, there's a group, let's say a cell of these serial killers or murderers or gang members. They basically initiate you in, you go kill somebody by drowning them. Um, in some cases, though, that's not they, they, that's not necessarily the way they die. They actually, uh, in the James uh, Dakota James case, uh, he had ligature marks on his neck, suggesting that he was choked to death. 
That's definitely very suspicious. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, and then, but every single body is deposited in the water, usually a river, um, and then just kind of floats downstream where it's discovered by somebody. And in every one of those cases, it's they're called they're they basically ruled an accidental drowning. Gannon and his team are saying is that no 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 it's all connected, and they say it's connected by this graffiti that they find on these man-made structures that are typically bridges or the nearest man-made structure to the dead body, um, where they say that the, the gang will deposit the body and then they will mark their kill with a smiley face, but also if they say other symbols, they don't, uh, they don't really describe huh. what the other symbols are, but it's a smiley face and a myriad of other symbols in conjunction when they all are all present. That's usually a sign that it's part of the gang. Um, huh. It sounds so, very Twin Peaks. It sounds very, and I think that's part of the thing, because they're definitely. Here's the thing, <laughs> no. These people have the, watched Twin Peaks, <laughs> but also I think it's hiding in plain sight. It should be noted that no one from the legitimate police departments uh, or police force uh, will will corroborate anything that these guys are are, are saying. Uh. And it's tough to say that they're not full of garbage because. Um, their, their theories are amorphous at best, you know? So I'm just looking, reading about the smiley face killer, and it says that it's been actually for over 20 years. Apparently one of the things is like these guys are in towns a lot of times where they're first, it's like their first night in town. So like college students who like are I just going to college. Yeah. So they don't really know where they're at. And people are like, a lot of times they say they're drunk, but people report saying like they weren't drunk when they saw them last. It's very, uh, it is very unusual. There might be something to it. Um, let's go through some of the claims uh, that the that Gannon and the investigators say link everything. Um, they say that uh, each killing involves a drowning in the sense that each body is at least recovered in a body of water, um, usually a river. Like I said before, there's typically uh, graffiti of a smiley face plus symbols. Um, in the case of the James, uh, Dakota James case, the n- closest building was the Roberto Clemente Bridge. The thing is, it was 10 miles upstream, but they did find actual smiley faces and symbols on there. The other claim is that each city has its own cohort or cell. Um, I mean, I don't know if it's each city, but each city... So, they, they, go ahead. where are they getting that information? Like, who is getting that yes <laughs> they're making some claims out there that i don't think they've actually sufficiently uh proved because the <laughs> other one is that they um communicate through the dark web and i think as we were talking just the other day <laughs> about uh claims about the dark yeah. web how it's this kind of like digital boogeyman that everyone just points to like oh no it's the dark web everything bad, bad happens in the dark web um so yeah, they're just basically pointing to that, and they have one instance where they say that they were about to actually log into the Smiley Face Killer like website on the dark web, <laughs> but it required like a face recognition thing, and they all just like got spooked and what? Yeah, I mean it's, it's, that, uh, that. Why would you get spooked? Wouldn't you get excited and be like, "Hell yeah, dude!" Right, Here's my face, biatch. I'm after you. Uh, <laughs> yeah. You would think, but. That's, that's, I mean, honestly, when it comes down to it, this is what makes it smell like your run-of-the-mill bullshit conspiracy theory. 
the the that that point of uh, that tipping point of okay, you're you're at the vista where you'll see the truth, and then you back away for some yeah, kind of like no. middling reason. I mean, it happens in so much of the literature out there, just like with UFOs or any of this other kind of like conspiracy stuff. Um, they always you just kind of like yeah, you would want to like figure it out, especially if like you're trying to solve murders. Wouldn't right. you want to be like at the I'm very least? Go in. If you don't want your face out there, try to spoof it. You know, try to do something. Try. To, they don't even claim that they tried to spoof it. They literally just said, "Eh, we didn't want our faces out there. We didn't want the well, smiley face killers to know who we are." And that doesn't even hold up either, because then it's like, well, if you had the like website or whatever, you know, it's like smileyfacekiller.net or whatever, and you go in there and you're like, "Oh, it has face recognition. I don't want to do this. This scares me." Then wouldn't you just have someone else do it? Like, why? <laughs> like, no, no. Here's still, the thing: they there. have a TV series dedicated to this subject their names and faces are out there. they had oh. a press conference in 2008 so it's like well, they know who the fuck you scared. are i mean yeah yeah you you're out there frightened. like trying to catch them and making your they've had tons of interviews see then um, you know what that starts to do that starts to make them look like they're the smiley face killers or at the very least that they're just putting smiley faces near the sites of where people are drowning well and that's unfortunately i think that's a rational uh, uh, conclusion. Because, then I should definitely not be speaking this. <laughs> uh, because you know it, they're they're more likely to gain something from they're getting monetary connected, rewards, right? To to connect these things to a a killer hive of people uh, or a, a killer gang, serial killer gang, because it, they're they're creating a brand. You know, they're creating yeah. this brand. The only catch, though, to any of that is that we do know that these, these, these deaths are happening and they are suspicious. Yeah. And there is a, a part of law enforcement that just doesn't want to deal with it. It's not like all law enforcement. They don't want to deal <laughs> well, with that's anything that's, that's, like, that's suspicious. That's not even unusual. Is that, I mean, I guess it's sort of unusual because they're not investigating or they're, I guess, just kind of writing off that this is a drowning yeah. To white like, men. Ugh, work? Oh my god. Yeah. Yeah. Usually they reserve that kind of uh, laziness. That's not the right word. For minorities word. and women. <laughs> well, disinterest. They call, yeah. They usually refer that a level of disinterest for what's known as the less dead or the less than dead. Your prostitutes, your, your marginal oh, yeah. people in society. Um, those true. people are just like, oh, they're dead? Whatever. Um, homeless folks, you know, stuff like that. The less than dead. Um, but it's actually happening to these young white males is uh, it, it just shows how even handed the police can be at sometimes. Well, also, though, I mean, I think one of their best tactics is uh, to try to just make those people the quote unquote less than dead. Don't they usually try to just demonize them and say, well, there's a lot of things we don't know that they were involved in. They might have been on drugs, blah, 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 blah. I mean, I guess wrapping it up, is there a possibility that there is a strange gang of serial killers out there um i think that here's the thing i think the novelty of it i don't think there's any reason why there isn't a gang of serial killers out there what i I could get behind i can definitely see that happening i just don't know if this is it i think that uh a group though like that would act smarter than the smiley face killers i would hope I think that they would have an institution that could kind of self-correct. I think a lot of the reason why serial killers get caught in a lot of ways 
is that they fall into those cycles of they stock prey, stock prey, and then they get in that final berserker uh, uh, cycle when they lose all self-control and they just go murder, 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 murder. That's usually typically when every serial killer gets caught. I don't know. We have the Green River Killer, and uh, that guy, like, if you think about him... He really got away with a lot for a long, long time. Well, yeah, no, there, there are definitely some, I think, lone wolf serial killers that can show discipline and for a while, you know, for a long duration and that they can go into hiding because it's like, you know, it's their side project. It's their, it's their version of a podcast is going out and killing people. And then sometimes they have to pull in because their real life gets a little more involved. They have to concentrate on that. But they're always going to go back into the woods and do their co- their podcast, and eventually they're always caught. And with with the Green River Killer, I think he was he would, They all have about a, a certain amount of ego. I'll never get caught. I'm smarter than the police, yeah. and that's usually their undoing. Again, they're working as individuals, and I think that if you did have a group, if they of, teamed up, <laughs> yeah, if you have a group of like minded serial killers that worked a territory, but were smart enough to say, okay, here's the thing. Today, this week is your kill. I will drive you out of town. You go stock your prey. Um, do your thing. We'll go to our, our we'll, we'll have enough money between the, the five of us. Who knows? Uh, that we can actually have like safe houses where we can drive you out, do the murder, do the kill, and then, you know, dump the body somewhere. But you can, you can get lost in your, your passions while uh, the group just stays calm and thinks it through did you drop your did you drop the the your 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 i feel like even they would still get caught though i don't know i don't i don't everyone i think eventually would get caught uh through a long enough timeline but i have to have like an insane amount of ego to try to to even think you could get away with something like that you're talking about serial killers and if you get five of them together that's a lot of ego. How do they find each other? How do, like, five serial killers find each other? The dark web. But, like, here's the thing. Okay. <laughs> I'm just now <laughs> The I'm just answer arguing. for everything. <laughs> but I'm like, okay, here's the thing. What differentiates, like, say, a sociopath from, like, your everyday person? Usually it's the fact that they don't need social connection. Um, because usually they experience some sort of, like, weird trauma at an early age, which, like, completely obliterated their feelings of empathy. So, like, the likelihood of five sociopaths to even want to be around, like, other sociopaths, it's just low. It's, like, it's a low the probability. The thing is, though, is that they understand self-preservation and self-interest. So they can still reach out and say... I think you'd have to have, like, a, a Klebold situation. Like, which one was the sociopath in the, like, that shooting? I always forget which one it was. There's, like... The two friends in right. the uh, Columbine, shooting. Columbine, yeah, and like one of them was a sociopath, and the other kid was just like very, very depressed, and so like that combination I think could work. So I guess if you had like it would be more of like a Manson type situation where you have like one sociopath with like followers. It's I a Dracula that... Renfield situation. You need a a Dracula and its thralls, but the thing is, I don't think that the thralls. Uh, yes, they could be a little uh, counted on a little bit more just through that devotion. But to be a thrall for a serial killer, you're not really deriving the same amount of pleasure. You're not deriving any pleasure. 
usually. You're, well, yeah, you're just kind of so the pleasure you get is from like fulfilling whatever they want. Right, and to, to I think like I think you have cult leader like a little higher than serial killer Dracula, you know, leader. Yeah. Um, and the level of people who congregate with either group, I definitely think the Dracula is going to get a lower quality thrall. I think that you're going to get the kind of Manson drugged out idiots that yeah. sure they'll they'll do what you do what you tell them to, but they'll fuck it up just as good, you know. Exactly. And you'll get caught almost even faster. Yeah. Um, so I think again it gets back to the idea that another, like five serial killers who have a vested interest in not getting caught, but also partaking in their chosen hobby. They they wouldn't have to trust each other implicitly. They would just have to agree to just like, we're just going to do this so we can all have fun. Okay. You agree? Agree. And as long as it worked, it worked. And as long as each one just kind of like committed, kind of was a little more pot committed and said, okay, I, I mean, just committed enough is that each one had blood on their hands and that each one knew like they all committed a, a murder in the in the in, in vicinity of each other, they're, they they become a cabal. They become a a, a group in that they have a, a an interest and a crime <laughs> to cover up. I I don't know. I, I see it. I see it possibly happening. I, it probably is happening right now. I mean, there's possibility that it's happening. I just but... don't think they would be as sloppy as the smiley face killers. Yeah, I don't I think, think they the would. Smiley fucking... face killer is just not happening. I don't think that's real. Yeah, I I, I, just think I would it's watch. An unsolved mysteries about the smiley face killer because it would be really creepy and exciting. I just don't think it's it's a real thing. Well, you're in luck. Not that I intended to shill for this, but <laughs> <laughs> Oxygen has a show called Smiley Face Killers to Hunt for Justice. Oh. So it's a six part limited series. That sounds so awesome. Yeah, if you're interested in watching that, um, and they, who knows? Who knows? They might present it better than I have tonight. Because I don't know, you know, I'm, I'm not. I don't think I'm convinced. I'm not convinced. Yeah, but I am convinced. I am convinced there are, is a serial killer hive out there okay. murdering people. <laughs> Talk to David Politis. All right, I will say that that I'm not convinced that this is real. But then there was a guy that fits this profile that went missing, and in the comments on his missing page, someone said maybe he drowned. So, oh. I don't know. Works good now. Like, I know. Yeah. Or that's like one of the smiley face killers who just couldn't like resist toying with people. Uh, with that, it is time for a break. Uh, coming up, we will be getting at the root of science's dirty little secrets, institutional lying, credulous research journals, and a complicit industry. Is this the end of science as we know it? Of course it is. Uh, Just find out how bad it is when we come back. So the deaths of dozens of young men across 11 states and 25 cities were declared accidental drowning. It's the creepiest thing of all. A smiley face was drawn near where many of their drowned bodies were found. In one case here in New York, the investigators say the young man was stalked, tied to a chair, and tortured before his body was slipped into the water. Clearly, something happened to Josh Zostak. He ended up two miles away from this location in the opposite direction of where he was staying that night, where his car was. And he's not seen on any other surveillance video. 
I don't know how he could have gotten there unless someone else took him to the water's edge. What do you believe in your heart happened to your son that night? He was murdered. Coincidence? Or killing spree? There's a lot more to it than we know. The entire scientific field may be at death's door due to systematic faults in the system. Did that get your attention? Well, as hyperbolic as that top line sounds, some people are expressing similar sentiments about the fields of psychology and social science after a spate of high-profile embarrassments that point to just such a systematic problem with how the scientific research is conducted. Perhaps you've heard about this here or there, that a bunch of scientific studies have been put into question or invalidated completely because the results published in their studies were found to be unreproducible. It's called variously the replication or reproducibility crisis, and it seems to affect every field to some extent, but it's really noticeable among psychology and social science studies. But does this portend the end of science as we know it? It's too early to say, but probably so. Of course, with such high stakes on the line, Far Off Topic felt it was our duty to throw our hats into the ring and try to bring this problem into perspective. Unfortunately, none of us here are scientists, uh, of the legally sanctioned variety that is, so we've enlisted the talents of someone with intimate knowledge of this dying art. Today we have on the show Tiwi to offer up her opinion on the dire straits of scientific research and maybe add some hope for the future of science itself. So to start things off, Tiwi, give the listeners some background on why you are more qualified than I am to talk about this subject. In general terms, I work in research, and I've worked in research for about nine-ish years. Um, so that would be the general term. I would say, and you know, some of that is psych research. I would say it's not the talk of the town. I would say people are just like, meh, because... I think it's more of, like, the general public doesn't really understand research at all. Screw you! <laughs> so, so, I would just say that most people don't really get how research works, and, like, I mean, obviously, to some degree, you would expect certain things to not be reproducible, but then you would expect other fields to be very reproducible, um... But it's yeah, so like uh, physics. I would think yeah. that physics yeah. needs to be pretty reproducible. Yeah, exactly. You would expect that kind of thing, yeah. Social sciences, though, there's going to be a lot of variability because humans evolve and we're constantly changing. And also, I would even say that like human physiology research should also change. So there should be some degree of you know reproducibility crises i guess i wouldn't say crises it's more of like oh hey that's cool i didn't know that existed i mean we think we know things but we don't and so for like physiology research there's things that we were absolutely sure about that we're just now realizing like we were wrong for instance for instance we used to think that the gut and the brain had zero we didn't think that they were a really strong connection. And then we found out about those enteroendocrine cells and we're like, whoa, look at this. They're actually like directly communicating in this magnificent way. And now we're realizing that the gut is actually responsible for more in the human body than the brain. And I think that's like, that's going to be a huge shift in the way we even like approach research and health and um, just looking at the cause and etiology of disease. But even then, I think that you're talking about 
something that's more like they've been whittling down. They've been whittling down, but I will say that there's many times where they were absolutely sure that these things didn't exist. Um, you know, they were sure that, like, the appendix was this, like, complete useless organ that didn't matter, that, you know, tonsils were basically like, meh, get rid of them, it'll make you better. I mean, there's things like that where we were, to some degree, we're like, this has stood the test of time, this is true. And then we're finding out, like, oh, yeah, it stood the test of time, but it's not true. Um, we just weren't looking at it with enough detail. But isn't that actually the success of the scientific method? No, though? exactly. That's exactly my point. I don't think that this thing is a crisis. I don't think this this replication thing is a crisis. I think with psych research in particular, and this is different than like physiological research, but with psych and social science, you would expect this reproductibility crisis because social, just social evolution. And then, I mean, if you want to get into the like nitty gritty of it, then there's just the fact that like validated measures, they take a long time to become validated measures. And a validated measure is... Thank you. I was going to say, you're going to have to define that. <laughs> like, for instance, the tool they use to assess Trump's cognition, that's a validated measure. And those go through a rigorous process just to become validated. They have to go through a long process. So they have to get administered so many times to so many different people of so many different races and ethnicities and ages and blah, 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 before that they can be validated and then used to actually assess something. And if you think of how long it takes for one of these things to be developed and how they're developed, and if what they're measuring has anything to do with social science and what is involved in like just social human connection, of course, it's going to be a problem. I actually, um, so one of the things I like to do as someone who works in research is also to be a participant in research. So I sign up for studies. And I actually just um, was finished up a nine-month follow-up for a study that I was in, and it had cognitive testing. And in the cognitive testing, there's a bunch of questions in this validated measure that absolutely make zero sense because of just the current context of like how we communicate as humans. Um, so one of them had to do with like how often do you use like a telephone, and honestly, like never. Like I don't like check my voicemail or whatever like there were just questions that didn't make sense and there were questions about sleep that didn't really account for other disruptions in sleep so by the test standard it was like it wasn't actually measuring the thing that it should have been measuring essentially so there's little gaps like that that can come in I know there's a test for um, autism that basically uses a rotary phone with children and, like, their ability to use a rotary phone is sort of, like, one of the, the testing components. And it's, like, um, there's, like, videos of, like, fully cognitive, like, 17-year-olds trying to use a rotary phone and they're not doing it right. Because they've never used it. Right. So the, these things, they age out. And a lot of times there's money, and this kind of gets down to, like, more of an issue, <laughs> But there's money tied in, like, because if you own a validated measure, you get paid for every single person who uses it and for every, like, administration. You can own a validated measure? Oh, 100%. Yes, you can. Rather than doing that stuff yourself, you have to pay someone that's already done that research to then yeah. use it for your, your study. Yes. 
almost okay. all studies use a validated measure because uh, here's the thing if you just made up your stuff they wouldn't publish your results because how do they know that the thing the tool you use to assess is valid it's never been validated so you have to use validated measures to assess your outcomes what would that be in like physics <laughs> i think uh, it's more of humans honestly because it's just about because humans are an uncontrolled variable and so you need something that's controlled if you're going to assess an uncontrolled variable. But I guess now, I guess, here we go. We, we are definitely circling back to <laughs> the reproducibility crisis. We are so, far off topic. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think anything but. Uh, I think we've defined some parameters. Uh, they're heady parameters, but I think we've defined some and kind of shown that these studies are quite complex. But also, it does kind of start chipping away at like if the, the, the validated measures exist mm -hmm. and they've done a lot to you know put a lot of money into the business of creating these these parameters but we're still showing what like a 50 percent error rate in psychology and social science studies something's falling but I apart think, we'll see no but that then there's that's the part that i brought up was only one aspect and then there's the second aspect, which is humans and just like the change of humans. So I know like in the reproducibility crisis article, they talk about like ego depletion. So I would say that some of these things that were assessed at one given time point may have actually been valid and true and reproducible at that time point. But then you have decades of change and like, People, like, when you think about, like, humans and how much, like, just culture affects how we interact with each other and how we view the world, it's it's substantial. If you think about, like, millennials, I'm just going to go for it because whatever, you know. Because <laughs> everyone like, hates millennials. Exactly. Fuck you, millennials. I mean, come on. They're the worst. I don't actually so, hate them, but I'm just saying, you get shit on, we're going to shit on you some more. Get ready. Oh, all right, here, I'm taking a deuce on them. But, like, so, I mean, it's, I don't want to say it's a fact, but, like, there's a lot of research on millennials because they're just, they're kind of new. Their ideas are, like, different than, like, previous generations. They have just different views. And they're also, like, byproducts of things that people believed to be beneficial that turned out not to be. <laughs> so, for instance, like, the whole self-esteem, like, building up self-esteem at the sake of everything else that turned out to not be like such a great thing um, because what happens is you get people who think that they're amazing with all evidence indicating that they're just normal people and they're like no I'm like the best thing ever so you know there there you actually need to have sort of like checks in life and failures and failures are important and you're not always number one and that is also important but so it shapes like who these people are so if you're looking at things like ego depletion and you're like, oh, now we tested these adults and like this isn't true anymore, it probably isn't true anymore. You probably can't find that because it probably just doesn't exist anymore. I think you've created a whole different crisis, though, because mm. if culture and society and people are moving so much faster than the science can study oh, they are. and then produce results for... What the fuck are we doing? Like, what, what, how, how is Scrambling. that even valid science? 
that 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 that's a that's a that's, that's like an encyclopedia of yesterday's world. You know, like it's, it is. It's not valid, even though you have all these validated measures. Well, but I think the other thing, and so I actually talked to my colleague about um, these articles, and she brought up a good point, and it's just that science, like, no single study is going to tell you anything. Like, one study doesn't mean crap. Like, it's all about, like, how they build upon each other. So, like, you learn things as you go, and then you build upon that. I mean, that's how we just learn. That's how we get ahead. So... That's true for all of the sciences to some extent. Like, you're not, you know, like, one study doesn't mean shit. Like, in the press, people, like, blow it up. Like, you'll see, like, you know, whatever. NBC will be like, oh, a new study shows that blah, 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 blah. And people are like, oh, my God, that's so amazing. Like, I'm going to go do that thing that they said is amazing and da, 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 da. But, like, really, like, that one study, it means just nothing. It's just one piece. And then you know, building upon that, like, slowly is how you like, get somewhere. But even you just said, though, that, like, it's more like a historical document than yeah. anything that it's we can actually... It's a snapshot of time. Right. But it's not something we can actually predict the future of human society, though. I don't um, think you're going to be predicting anything. I don't think that's even the goal of science. It's not to predict the future. It's to, like, Well, look... no, I think it is, though. Because, like, so if someone's going to study rocketry... They are going to expect that the 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 maths that they learned in school will then be applicable ten years down the road when they're working for NASA trying to send a rocket into space. Now there yeah. might be some tweaks. They might have learned how to streamline the uh the the, the cone or I don't know the fuel rate. Well, let's like, let's use a an actual situation that happened okay so there was that study that was published by whatever his name wakefield i think that the autism one Mm -hmm. that said that like you know autism is caused by the mmr vaccine right right so what was his goal in doing that like to get people to stop taking the mmr vaccine i don't know what was his goal to just say like yo look at this thing this is what i believe is happening i think this causes autism do you think he was gonna could project that his stupid article which was like completely discredited would cause what it has caused which is like measles epidemics and whooping cough like all over the fucking world because of this stupid theory he had i mean it's just you know one article can make a difference in terms of like the future but i don't think that you can never really like tell what it is that you discovered like how it's going to affect the future if it's going to be good or bad you're right about how science views studies versus how society like the people view studies like i mean i it's pretty much every b block or c block of a newscast is hey a new study came out that shows that i don't know eating whatever this will make you thinner or this will make you smarter um but all and, and that drives people to actually act on stuff. We're having sh- huge shifts in social policy based on the science that's happening now, and we're demanding it to change based on what may be erroneous data. Now, here's the thing: I, 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 I guess my personal belief is that I. I, 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 maybe because I'm a bleeding heart, is that I definitely try to skew toward, like, it's who who's hurt by 
like saying let's create unisex bathrooms. No one's hurt. In fact, no I hurt. see a great I see a great positivity toward that. Um, if someone believes they're uh, female, fucking I don't care. I'll call you a female. If, if that's what it, it doesn't hurt me. It doesn't harm society um, no. to do that. But I guess I do have this like this thought in my head that's like uh, I don't know. You know I don't know like. Uh, because I, I I see an explosion. That's why I say it's nouveau, hmm. and maybe that could be the same thing that like white heterosexual males were seeing when uh, gays started coming out. You know, it's just kind of like, oh my god, where are they coming to get that? What was it? It's a they've always observation been here. bias. Yeah, observation bias. Right. It was where where yeah. people just feel more comfortable coming out and saying, oh, yeah, yeah, here I am, here I am, and the, the you know being able to ch- transition is becoming a lot more accessible. So that's becoming more apparent. So I, I I will grant that, but I definitely think that I don't know. I at least it gives ammunition to the uh, crowders out there, um, uh, uh, the the right wings that that they basically say these social phenomenon are illegitimate. You know, and like what I mean, I think it would have to be. You can't just say every social phenomenon is illegitimate because people change. That doesn't make any sense. I mean, take something like, um, what was it? Like the Stanford prison experiment, right? Like everybody knows about that. It's like, Ooh, this is really exciting. And you know, look at what people will do to each other if given the chance. That is some of the most junk science that there ever was. The actual study, the actual study was complete garbage. Right. Like it's garbage but we learned a lot from that garbage so i mean even if you take like garbage science you know you can still glean some things for it from it and i mean if you want to go even further back and this is worse but you know the nazis like a lot of what we have today is from the nazis like they did some science that like you could never humanely do and we learned a lot like a ton that we still use today from them it was called, uh, I think, Operation Paperclip. Is when we stole all the Nazi doctors because we like, oh yeah, you did a bunch of terrible fucking science. We'll take that. Yeah, we don't talk about we, that much. We don't, but we, I mean, like honestly, a lot of the basis for things that we do today is like some of those, those, uh, I don't know, data, I guess. So, I mean, there can be like quote unquote garbage, but you still learn from it. You still build upon it. Well, I guess here's the thing. You are excusing the the bad papers. You have a kind of an escape here where you're saying they're not junk science. They're whatever. They're, they're it just society has moved on from their study. So society has changed. The research they did at the time was valid. But we don't yeah. actually know that. We don't actually know if that's true. They it could have just been junk science, and they could have just been perpetuating junk science. I mean, you would know if it's true because there would be other studies that reproduce it. So typically, if like usually, if there's a theory and it's tested, it'll get tested and reproduced by people in that time period. So I'm sure there's other people that tested it out at that time period. No, I think that's the, the that's the the core of the issue is that people are no. testing these studies. And they're not reproduced at the time. Exactly. Now. They're testing them now. But they were already reproduced back then. Are you you taking that as an article of faith or do you know? I'm taking that as an article of faith because that's usually what would happen. Like people don't – like I have published articles and people don't like – people have cited it. But people have also like 
attempted to do the same thing because that's what science is. People don't how just do you, rely on one article. How, People, how do you know that they tested it? Do you want me to do a lit search? I mean, I can I can do a lit search for ego depletion, and I'm sure that there's several of let's articles that'll come. Okay, let's do. A lit I mean, we have the good, we have the internet right at our hands. Let's do a lit <laughs> yeah. search. I don't know. Do you know how long a lit search is going to take to do this? <laughs> I don't know if you know what a lit search is. Oh, okay. <laughs> lit search is where you You're the one that said that. <laughs> you, like, it's like a... I thought you had like a computer program that does lit searches. No, a lit search is like when you find every article of the topic and then you go through each topic or each article to see what it actually looks at. Oh, let's not do a lit search then. Yeah. Uh, we'll just say it's an article one. of faith. You're taking, a, taking it as an article of faith that people at the time did the study and that it was valid when it happened and that as time progressed, it becomes irreproducible. Yeah. I guess that's, that is, you know, a possibility. I think though that the contention is that people have gotten lazy and they do not test until years later that these these ideas have gotten into our society without so. scrutiny, and we just took them as articles of faith. I don't think so because if you've ever submitted an article to a publication to get published, they like immediately check you. The only time people don't get tested, honestly, is if they're like super renowned researchers, and even then they still get tested, but they probably don't get as much. But if you're just like some nobody. Do they get tested or do they just read through your work and say, oh, this looks like you carried the one and or or do they actually because some of these studies take long time, don't they? Like some of them take like five years. I mean, but you're talking about social sciences. If you're talking about a theory, like, again, how do you test a theory? You know, like that's again, you need a validated measure. So it's like you're kind of like it's going in a big circle. Like if it's just somebody's theory. Like, how are you going to test the theory? I mean, I mean, I, I, I don't know. I don't know that the, the <laughs> I would know the difference between what, like, like, for instance, it like is ego depletion a theory or is it like well, they're trying it's to make a, a theory. claim? No, it was like a theory. So you don't test theories? Of course you test theories, but then you have to come up with a way to test the theory. So then it was like, how would you test the theory? Here's the early experimental evidence. So it says American social psychologist. Roy Baumeister and his colleagues proposed a model that describes self-control like a muscle. So it's an idea that which can become both strengthened and fatigued. Researchers proposed that initial use of the muscle of self-control could cause a decrease in strength or ego depletion for subsequent tasks. Later experimental findings showed support for this muscle model of self-control and ego depletion. It was tested. It was tested quite a while, quite a bit, it looks like. So it was tested. And then it just became not real. Yeah, and then they, they tried it again recently, and they were like, oh, this shit doesn't hold up, which I'm not surprised. I mean, that doesn't, you know. Liar! <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, well, all right. So there you go. I mean, I do think that uh, I have a suspicion. That okay. there could, could be some laziness on the part of some of, of these course, journals. There are and there's like some, a bajillion the journals. There's a million journals. So yeah, I'm sure there's some journals that'll just publish whatever comes through their desk. 
Lord knows I have colleagues who have probably been published on them. But I'm just saying, like, you know, yeah, there are journals that just publish whatever the hell. All right. Uh, I still think that science is dead. Um, we proved it here today. You're a okay. denier. You're a flat earther when it comes to science. Science uh, is is the flat earth. Uh, conjecture is globe earth. And uh-huh. I, I will live on globe earth, i.e. conjecture land. I'm in the hollow earth. I don't know what you're talking about. Oh, that's right. You're, <laughs> forgot. Yes, you're, you were in the hollow earth. Yeah, in the core. All right. I think we've settled it. There's a huge replication crisis um there is no repairing it uh, despite what tiwi may try to mesmerize you and make you believe uh it's not happening so time for a break every journey begins in the mind i have seen the in my microscope, and I have changed you. We shall hurl the gauntlet of science into the frightful face of death itself. Drink deep, or taste not the plasma spray. See what I'm saying? Humans are such easy prey. So, there you have it. Uh, another show in the can. I apologize again for the crappy audio. Um... I'll, I'll I'll double my efforts next time, um, you know. Really, just like, turn on the mic or just listen to the feed before I start recording. You know, simple stuff, simple stuff, and to prevent that kind of hollow sound. I mean, I do record in a closet, and you could really, really tell when it's, I guess, coming off of the the mic from the laptop. That's just just I, I apologize profusely. Well, there's always a next time, right? Maybe. Who knows? Regardless, Jax should be back for the next episode. Uh, he was literally called away at the last minute for some I don't know, mysterious work-related emergency. I'm not buying it. He uh, I'm sure he just wanted a Twitch stream or something. But if you enjoy Tiwi's perspectives from today's show, maybe we'll bring her on for future episodes. You know, I don't know. Maybe. Whatever. Uh, well, that, that's the housekeeping notes. As always... You can reach us on Twitter at Far Off Topic and Far Off Topic Show everywhere else. The show is available on TuneIn, Stitcher, Google Play, iTunes, and Spotify. You can comment and rate if you feel compelled to. Most of all, thank you for listening, and until you hear from us again, so mote it be. Off topic.